Hey there, friends. Welcome to the Your Sister Kimber podcast. My name is Kimber Gilbert. I'm so glad you're here. I hope what I have to share today encourages you to pursue Jesus and live a life steeped in authentic community. I've been on a two-week summer break, so I'm really excited to be back with you guys this week. We're jumping into a new series all about how we communicate in our friendships, and I'm calling it Speak Life. Today, we're talking about how to have healthy boundaries regarding how we communicate with our friends via our phones. And this can be a really murky area of our relationships and one that we don't talk about near enough. I wish we could have coffee together today and talk this out, but this is the next best thing. I'm so glad you're here, friend. Let's get started. All right, my sisters. So today we are talking about our phones. And I don't think a series about communication and friendship would really be complete without addressing how we use our phones in this area because we use them a lot. They're a big part of friendship, even if we maybe don't think about that a lot. And, you know, maybe a friend that was once very close to you has moved away. And so you talk and stay connected that way. Or maybe you're just communicating with people that you do live nearby, but between times that you see each other in person. Either way, I have found that some clear ground rules in how I use my phone to communicate with my friends really helps me not feel overwhelmed by the constant ding of texts or just freeze up when someone calls. You know, we've all been there before Um, because our phones are a tool right? They shouldn't rule us and they shouldn't make us feel guilty. Um, But the truth is that we have unprecedented access to our friends because of our phones. We are more accessible than ever, which is easy to mix up with available. And if we don't set personal boundaries for ourselves in regard to how we handle the phone side of our friendships, we might end up feeling burnt out. Our best model for how to do friendship well is Jesus, and he modeled that controlling access people have to us in this life, um, he modeled that that was really wise. Um, Luke 5.16 tells us that he regularly withdrew from the crowds following him to pray and to be alone with God. He would withdraw before or after intense times of ministry we see. Um, Maybe he would withdraw to like minister directly to his closer disciples like the 12. We see that or even his inner circle of Peter, James and John, his closest friends. And also he would withdraw before big moments in his life, like choosing the 12. um, We see it there. And then, of course, when he goes to the cross and it seems like Jesus knew that allowing everyone in his life just full, unrestricted access to him was a quick path to burnout. But like, really, this is what our phones allow, right? Anyone can can communicate with us at any time of day if they have our number. But what we have is the power to control how we interact with that communication and the latent messages that we send through how we handle our phones. We can't control always who is reaching out to us, but we can control what we do with that communication and how we respond. 
And so today I want to share with you some possible ground rules to just help you navigate this aspect of our modern friendships because, um, you know, it's not going away. It's part of our lives. And these are tools and just attitudes toward my phone communication that I have learned can be helpful. Either I've learned it the hard way (laughs) from doing it wrong, or I've just seen um, wise people in my life do this really well and I'm trying to emulate them. And so, you know, this kind of communication with our phones within our relationships, it's inevitable. It's just part of life these days. So we can either choose to let our phones rule us and get burnt out and just end up like shutting our phones off or just going back to a flip phone or just ignoring all of our text messages, right? Or we can embrace this as a tool to help us in friendship and make a plan at the same time to keep it in its place. And I think if we can do that, that we are more likely to use this tool to speak life in our relationships rather than it just feeling like a burden and something that we're kind of trapped by. Okay, so the first ground rule that I'm trying to follow is this. It's I do not have to respond right away but I should always respond. And generally, I think that we fall into two camps. Either we are a person who tries to respond right away, or you just never hear back from us. And the former, the person who responds right away is great for the person on the other end, right? Because they get a reply right away. But this is potentially exhausting and just unrealistic for you, right? What happens if you pride yourself on being the one who always texts back right away, but you're on a coffee date with a friend? Do you just like stop that conversation in the middle and text this person back who's not even there right in front of you? Like that doesn't really honor your time with that person in front of you. And it probably leaves you distracted, even if that person says that it's fine. On the flip side, though, maybe you're that person who just always forgets to text people back. And even if this isn't out of malicious intent, and in fact, I'm assuming it normally isn't, the message sent by no message is pretty clear. It's either I'm too busy to respond or I don't care enough to respond, or I forgot, right? And of course, the latter, I forgot, that's better. But honestly, it's still not great, right? And the reality is that your friend is probably going to assume one of those former options, either that you're too busy to respond to them, or you don't care. Even though the I forgot reason is probably the more likely one. And so it's just because sometimes it seems like we just are wired to assume the worst of others. So rather than being the person who is either slave to their notifications at the expense of in-person interactions or the one who never responds, like let's find a happy middle. And so here's mine that I'm trying to find and live by. It's I don't have to respond right away, but I should always respond. And I like this because it gives room for several things. One, if I need time to consider and think of my response, um, this is nothing out of the ordinary for my friend. Like my delay doesn't signal trouble. It's just part of how I communicate via text. Like, have you ever wondered if you sent something and they don't reply for a while? You're like, oh no, are they offended? Like, did I say something wrong? Right? You start to wonder those things. 
if this is just the norm for how I communicate via text, sometimes it takes me a while, sometimes it doesn't, that's okay. There, you know, there's, this doesn't signal trouble. And two, what I like about this is I can give thoughtful responses when necessary, instead of feeling rushed or giving it an unthoughtful, like snap reply, right? When I take time to reply back when I truly have the time, not when, you know, I'm in the store and like the kids screaming and everything's crazy, but when I can just focus on my communication, my friend and the problem or question idea, whatever is at hand, um, then this delay, even though I'm not responding right away, this delay that I've given actually honors your friend and it helps your communication more than prioritizing speed necessarily will. And so the catch with this, though, is that I do always try to respond. And, you know, of course, I have accidentally ghosted someone before, right? Especially when I first had my baby, mom brain was awful. Like, we have all done this before. But rather than just letting ourselves, like, resign ourselves to just our failings and rehearse the phrase, um, you know, sorry, I'm terrible at texting back over and over. Uh, let's do something about this tendency. We we don't want to send the message to our friends of you're unimportant or I'm too busy for you. So let's create a system to make sure that we don't do this. And so a couple ways I mitigate this. Sometimes I will literally put like text so-and-so back on my to-do list. And I know that might seem excessive to some people or kind of silly, but honestly, I would rather add an easy to check off line item to my to-do list than forget to respond to someone because I don't want to, you know, send that message or forget to address whatever they're talking about. Um, I want to reply, but I just forget sometimes. And so putting it on my to-do list is helpful for me. And then an even easier system that I've started using is if you're an iPhone user, you can pin conversations to the top of your messages app. And so all you have to do is just slide the conversation preview bar toward the right and an option to pin the conversation will appear and it just sticks it to the top of your messages so that you don't forget about it, it doesn't get buried in other messages. And the system that I use in my head is I know that any pinned conversations mean that I need to text them back or do something more about that conversation. And, you know, maybe I said that I would look at my calendar and get back to them. Or maybe they asked me a question that I will just want to take a moment to respond to thoughtfully. Whatever it is, I pin it, deal with it when I have time, and then I just unpin it when the ball is back in their court on responding. And I found this to be really helpful to help me not do the old read, tell myself I'll reply later and then forget routine because I have been a pro at that in the past. And that's just not the way that I want to communicate with my friends. I want to be someone who responds that they can know that I am a reliable communicator via text or um, any kind of messages just so that I can honor whatever it is they're wanting to talk about um, in a way that gives them the actual attention that they are looking for. Okay, so ground rule number two for myself when it comes to texting my friends is this. I don't apologize for not responding right away unless I truly was avoiding the text. Like me, you might have the tendency to start all of your texts that you aren't responding to right away with this kind of a sentiment. Sorry I didn't reply right away, but 
And I'm trying to do this less though, especially in light of following ground rule number one for myself regarding not feeling pressure to reply right away when someone texts me. It's a hard habit for me to break, but I do think it's important because I don't want to be sending the idea to my friends, yes, but especially to myself that I have something to apologize for when I don't reply to a text right away. The truth is that is an unrealistic and unhealthy paradigm to play into, right? Like when people have constant access to us, setting up boundaries for ourselves is important to protect ourselves from becoming stretched beyond our capacity. By not saying I'm sorry, I set the norm for others, but mostly for myself of I will respond when I'm able. I don't have anything to be sorry for, but rather I want to give this person my best, my full attention. And if now is what I have, then that's okay. And I think you'll find that once you start this habit, most of your friends totally get it. And they might even follow your example. Because when you don't hold this pressure on yourself to reply instantly, I think you'll find that it doesn't really bother you when your friends don't reply right away either. Like, you get it. But a few caveats with this to make it work. One, if there is a time constraint on your text, you need to make that clear. If you need to know something like right away or if it is time sensitive, just say so. And I'm sure if your friend is able that they'll probably try to work with you on that. And if they're not, okay, you made yourself clear and they just couldn't. And this way, maybe we can avoid feeling that they might just be ignoring you or that they intentionally were not being helpful. And two, you should apologize if you were legitimately avoiding their text. Like, do that. Um, You know, we know the difference between I want to reply to this later so I can give it my full attention and "Mm, I just really don't want to deal with this right now, so I'll just reply tomorrow. And yes, there might be times when that's okay, but we can be people who are quick to say we're sorry. If there was any kind of avoidance going on, that's not going to hurt us. And in fact, it's going to probably help your relationship and your communication. All right, so ground rule number three. This one especially applies to phone conversations. Here it is. I communicate my time constraints. Have you ever found yourself not picking up the phone because you only have like 20 minutes before you have to do something else or something like that? And that's totally legitimate. But let's rather than just not answering the phone, let's communicate. In that situation, if I answered the phone and I quickly realized that the other person is looking for like a really deep talk or something more lengthy than just like a quick question, that would be the time for me to say, rather than just like rolling my eyes and getting frustrated, I should say something like, you know, thanks so much for calling, but I only have 10 minutes to talk right now. Do you want to talk for that amount of time or would you prefer to plan a time that we can talk longer? Another piece of verbiage for this situation could be something like once the 10 minutes that you forecasted at the beginning of the conversation is up saying something like, I have to go do whatever it is. Can we continue this conversation later? And then this is the important part, set a time. If you just say later, your friend is probably going to feel either like you're trying to ditch them, maybe feel self-conscious or like a burden bringing it back up again. But when you set a time 
to talk about this later, you are sending the message that you do want to have this conversation. You just literally can't right now, right? Because we all have things that, you know, are time constraints on our lives. That is a reality. So instead of just using those as excuses, let's work with them. So like we talked about before, if you don't have time or in that moment to set up a time to talk later, or maybe you just want to set it up um, not on the phone call, just pin her name in your messages um, or add it to your to-do list to follow up and make a plan for another time that you can continue that conversation. I think this tip may help us to be not so afraid of answering phone calls because sometimes it seems like when we answer phone calls, we're afraid that we're going to be the slave to the phone for as long as that conversation may take. But we can have boundaries with this. We can have control over this if we just communicate our time constraints. Okay, and the last ground rule that I try to stick to when it comes to communicating with my friends via phone is this. I try my best to have important conversations in person or at least on the phone if in person isn't an option. And guys, I have been guilty of this too, where it's just texting feels easier. And the reality is when it comes to communicating, it is easier in some ways, right? Like you get to read their words and process them before you have to reply. You get to carefully craft how you say things and you don't have to put forth the socio-emotional energy of having a face-to-face conversation. But although these things make texting feel easier, when it comes to those important conversations, it is going to ultimately make your communication more difficult. As we all learned during COVID, there is something missing when it comes to virtual communication right? We communicate best when we are in the same room. And this is because so much of our communication comes from more than just words, things like facial expressions, word inflection, tone, gestures, body language. These all play just as big of a role in our communication as what we actually say. And we can try to manufacture those things, to make our texting more dynamic, things like emojis, um, capitalizing words, punctuation, uh, those things all help, but they are ultimately just an insufficient substitute for the real package deal that is in-person communication. And we can get by on this insufficient substitute in many areas of communication. And I am, of course, really thankful for the medium of text. But when it comes to our important conversations, really texting just isn't the best way to do it. So really trying to stick to this rule of having important conversations face-to-face, it can also serve as a heart check for ourselves. If there is a hard conversation that we really know we need to have, or we feel like maybe we want to have, but we aren't ready or willing to have that conversation in person, there may be a reason for that. If you feel like you could send a text to talk about an issue, but you aren't willing to meet in person, you may need to do some more talking with Jesus, more personal work about this situation. Ask yourself, why would I be okay texting but not speaking in person, or at least over the phone. And then ask yourself, what does that tell me about my heart towards the situation? 
Are you actually ready to pursue restoration or at least extend forgiveness? Or are you just trying to clear your conscience? Are you really trying to address something with love if you aren't willing to look that person in the eye when you say it? Because we all know it's really easy to spout off via text or in private message or in a comment about something, but it's a lot harder to say those same things when you're looking a person in the eye. And guys, this is a good thing. Like this is a thing for a reason. It has helped us check ourselves in our communication with each other for forever until the advent of social and electronic communication, right? And we don't have that check and balance anymore naturally because of what our phones allow us to do. So we have to force it on ourselves if we think it's a good thing. Um, Or we're certainly going to choose the easier way and just text someone about something. And it's a short-term ease, it's, it's not going to be that long-term benefit because our best communication, it happens face to face. And guys, it might be less polished. It might be a little bit harder work, but that doesn't mean it's not good. So there you have it, my friends. These are my four ground rules when it comes to using our phones in our friendships. One, I don't have to respond right away, but I try to always respond. Two, I try not to apologize for not responding right away unless I was truly avoiding the text. Three, I communicate my time constraints. And four, I try to have important conversations either in person or at least over the phone. And friends, I certainly don't have these down, but they're what I'm working toward as I try to create sustainable systems just for managing how I use my phone in my friendships. I don't want to be ruled by this little glass box, right? It's a tool. And this is just my attempt to keep it in its place and keep my sanity too. So I hope these can be a blessing for you as well. My sisters, thanks so much for joining me today on the Your Sister Kimber podcast. I hope you found these ground rules for our phones to be helpful in how you communicate with your friends. I'd love to hear on social media how you manage healthy boundaries with your phone in your friendships. If you have some good ideas, you need to share them with us. So you can do that on Instagram. If you don't follow me already, you can find me at Miss underscore Kimber. Or you can just search your sister Kimber and my page will pop up. Next week, we'll be continuing in this series called Speak Life with a post on the blog on Tuesday about what to do when I'm offended by something a friend says. And my friend Tammy Ryan is on the podcast on Friday to talk about how we handle offense. Make sure you've subscribed to the podcast wherever you listen so you don't miss out on new episodes and you can visit YourSisterKimber.com for more. Friends, thanks so much for being here. Until next time, it's your sister, Kimber.